Welcome to the Denker Capital Podcast, where our highly experienced team of in-depth thinkers and other experts share their insights on a range of investment-related topics. In this podcast, we have conversations about developments in South African and global markets and what these may mean for investors. We analyze specific stocks and sectors and explore general themes relating to the fundamental principles that underpin sound investment decisions in an ever-changing world. Hi, everyone. I'm Kaylin Conradi, and I'm responsible for marketing at Denker Capital. Today, Madalette Sessions and I are having a conversation about saving. Madalette is head of multi-asset investing here at Denker Capital. And with Youth Day coming up this week, we thought we'd discuss the importance of starting to save early. Some of our listeners may be past what they would consider their youth, but what we discuss today should be applicable to everyone But as we will point out in this podcast, the earlier you do start saving, the better. So welcome, Madeleine. Thank you. So let's maybe start out with a simple question first. What is saving? Mm, That is a good question. Savings is the stuff that we individually have control over. So we all either have pocket money or some sort of income. And saving is how much of that we squirrel away into something that we put towards a financial goal. So either we are saving to buy our first car, we're saving to buy our first home, or if we're really lucky, we're starting to save for our retirement when we're 65, so 45, 50 years from now for the youth, hopefully. That's all savings. It's putting aside a little bit to help cover the needs that we won't be able to meet out of the income we'll have in the future or income we won't have in the future in the, in the case of retirement. We need to put money away today to make that possible, that consumption in the future possible. Okay, so some of those terms that you're mentioning, they are quite long. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you're saving for a car or a house, it might be a shorter period. But I think the retirement point that you mentioned there also comes back to the importance of starting early. Absolutely. And no matter what it is you're saving for, it's important to start early if you can. And I know that you've done some research and this is something you're quite passionate about. So can you maybe tell us why is it important to start saving early? Yes, I thought the best way to explain this would be with a very cool example. So what I've done is I've taken an example. I said um, we save 500 rand a month every month for 10 years starting at the age of 20. So we save from the time we turn 20 until the day before our 30th birthday, so until we're 29. And we put 500 bucks a month or 6,000 rand a year, we put that into savings. And we save just for those 10 years. And we save at 5% per annum. By the time we get to 65, having never touched that money, we get to a cool nearly 450,000 rand. That's one example, right? So can I just make sure they so you mean you're only saving for 10 years? Only you saving you're, not, you're not saving for 45 years every month. You save from the age of 20 to 29. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So that's really just for young people before the kids arrive, before you start buying your house. Just say for that first 10 years that you earn an income. That's one example. It's called example A. We're being very creative here with our names. Example B, we're taking somebody who, like most of us, didn't really take life and the future all that seriously at the age of 20 and then wakes up on their 30th birthday and realize they need to start some, some planning for the future. And so starting at the age of 30, they now save 500 rand a month every month until the day they retire at the ripe old age of 65. 
because they say for 35 years saves over 200,000 rand. Okay, so this investor, same amount per month, 500 rand per month, but yes. they're, they're saving monthly for 35 years versus 10 years in the previous example. Exactly. Okay. This investor gets to 600,000 rand, right, at 5%. So exactly the same thing. They just start 10 years later and they maintain their savings. The difference between these two investors is 445 rand for invest 445,000 rand for investor A and just a little bit more than 600,000 rand for investor B. Interesting, investor B, the guy who starts at 30, only overtakes investor A at the age of 50. So he needs to save for 30 years or actually he saves for 20 years to get to the same capital value as investor A. It's a big difference. So yeah, it's massive. Starting early means that compounding works in your favor for much longer. And then just to round this off, if we start at 20 and we save until we're 65, 500 rand a month at 5%, so exactly the same as before, you get to a million rand. So, Sorry, you, can you just say that again? Yeah, so we had investor A that starts at 20 until 29. He gets to 445,000 rand. Investor B starts at 30 and continues until they're 65. That gets to 600,000, just shy of 605,000. Investor C starts at 20 and saves every month 500 rand a month from the age of 20 to the age of 65. All three investors saving at 5%. And investor C, guy who saves his whole life, gets to a million rand. So it makes sense to start early. Compounding works in your favor. Also makes sense to cultivate the habit so that if you get to your 20s and you've cultivated the habit of first putting a little bit aside, then you can maintain that for your entire life. You get well ahead of the alternatives. Starting later is not as good as starting early. Maintaining the habit is better than just starting early. Okay, so you're speaking about habits. What are some other good financial habits you can suggest to the youth? So there are some good habits. So <laughs> never save last. Put your savings first. It's a very good habit because it enables you to earn the compound return. So saving first is a very good habit to cultivate. Saving frequently is another good habit. Then we can talk a little bit more about debt or a little bit less about debt, actually. But my advice to young investors specifically, but actually to all, Never borrow money or incur debt for anything other than buying an asset. So if you're going to borrow money, don't spend it on clothes or holidays or coffees. If you're going to borrow money, buy an education, buy a car, buy a house. Those are really either investing in your human capital or in your financial capital. Those are really, in my opinion, the only times when it's a good idea to incur debt. And then the last thing, I think it doesn't get enough time or air, um, is to match your savings to your financial goals. I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. I just want to say why it's important to save first. So um, when Kayla and I were discussing this podcast, she said to me, how much does a cup of coffee cost people these days? And it wasn't because she wasn't sure how much coffee costs. <laughs> but I did this analysis where I take 30 rand a week. Right. So if you spend 30 rand a week on coffee and you manage to persuade yourself, say, 
instead of going out for coffee, I'm going to have coffee at home and I save myself this 30 rand. And for 10 years, I saved this 30 rand. I would have saved 15,000 rand, more or less, in coffee budget over those 10 years. And that monthly saving, the 15,000 rand, would have grown to 20,000 rand if I could invest that coffee saving at 5%. Now, we're using very low return rates here. We do actually expect much higher return rates, but just a sort of modest assessment of how much it costs you to have a cup of coffee every week. Physically, 15,000 rand. In potential return at very low rates of return, 20,000 It's a big number. It's a big number. So just to quickly round off the question, you know, why it's important to start, start saving early, you've mentioned two things essentially. It's uh, to form a habit of saving and you've also illustrated the importance of compounding and you've done it again now with the coffee example. But So in this coffee example where we sort of got to roughly 20,000 rand at the end of 10 years of not buying coffee, if you leave that money to grow for 35 years, which is not unrealistic, if you save your coffees in your 20s, at the age of 30, you've got this pot of 20,000 rand. If you leave that 20,000 rand in the market at, again, a modest 5% return, at the age of 65, that would have grown to a little bit more than 110,000 rand. And that's from not buying coffee yeah. every week. That's, a, that's the benefit of compounding. And then again, I mean, we're using examples here, your your investor A, investor B option um, examples that you started with. We're using 500 rand a month, but that could be any amount. That could be 50 rand a month. It could be 100 rand a month. It could be 1,000 rand a month. Um, it's just really to illustrate how far saving will get you, especially if you start early. That's right. So now the reason I picked 500 rand is a little bit self-serving the unit trust industry takes, I think, a monthly debit order minimum, generally a 500 rand. I think there are exceptions. But so 500 rand is a nice clean number because it allows you to make investments in unit trusts mm. um, and where the money can really be put away. Um, I think with 200 rand or 300 rand, you need to start looking at potentially a money market type of account until you get to a lump sum minimum. And again, I, the numbers or the sort of minimum values vary from unit trust to unit trust. But typically, I think sort of five to 10,000 rand would, would be the minimums allowed in the unit trust markets. I think something that maybe goes through the minds of a lot of the youth is, I mean, I don't need to start saving now. I can use my money, enjoy my youth and start saving later or wait till I'm earning more so that I've got more to save. And it's not easy for everyone to put money away, no matter how small it is. But if it is possible, it makes a massive difference. It makes a huge difference. So I worked another example. I'm a sort of spreadsheet junkie. You know, you can illustrate so many things with examples. So I did this example to show the value of two things. So we, when you asked me about what um, what are the good financial habits, so the one was saving regularly. And then the, sec the last one I mentioned was to save in a way that's time horizon appropriate. So what I did in this example, and I and it's sort of – I think it's a, it's a big number, but if you have a child today and you could put 10,000 rand away for that child, you never top that up. Once every, off. Just once off. It's just on the day of their birth. You put that 10,000 rand away for them. And then every year on their birthday, you give them a statement. I'm sure there'll be a fantastic birthday present. <laughs> anyway, so you do that for, for a child. 
at the age of 65, right? So now we've really stretched this example to give you the maximum horizon, essentially. That 10,000 rand at 5% would grow to 240,000 rand, okay? It's a big number. It's gone up 25-fold at very modest rates of return. Now, because we're actually looking at a really long-term horizon, let's say you could invest at a much more attractive 10% per annum. I'm going to guess what your growth and your asset value is then. It goes from 10,000 rand to just shy of 5 million rand. That's the difference between 5% return and 10% return. Okay. Now, the additional 5% is not free. You have to take risk for it. Mm -hmm. But if you're not going to need the capital for 20 or 30 years, you really should take that risk because the only way you open your door to really attractive outcomes. If, however, you're saving for a house or a car and you need your money next year or maybe the year thereafter, the equity market can fall 50%. You cannot afford to put money away that might be worth 50% less when you need it. That's so, a bad idea. This is also getting quite technical for, for some listeners maybe, but when you start talking about taking more risk, there's different asset classes that... That's right. That so there's definite, definitely different asset classes. And most most fund managers or unit trust companies would give you sort of a sense of time horizon on their investment information. So there's a document called the Minimum Disclosure Document, which you know a lot more about than I do. Kaylin puts ours together. Um, but that will tell you what is the appropriate time horizon for which this money should be considered as call it in inverted commas locked up. So a lower risk product would be a type of money market or an income product or a low equity product. And typically those would be suitable for three-ish, four-ish, five-ish years. And equity or high equity or flexible products, those are really much longer term products. You really need to be looking upwards of seven and ten years. So that's not for saving for a house. That's Because it's more risky. It's more risky. And what it means with risky is you are not sure what the capital values will be in the short run. Yeah. That's what it means with risky. Because it's slightly more volatile. It's more volatile, exactly. But that volatility is what gives you the upside. Mm -hmm. So if you don't need the capital, you don't care about what it's worth in two or three years' time. You want the maximum likelihood of earning really attractive returns over an appropriate investment horizon, which is 10 years plus. You really don't want to be sitting in conservative products if you're saving for retirement or saving for some future objective. If, you start, if you're starting early. If you're starting early. And that's the beauty. If you start early, you can afford these risks. If you start later, you've got to be a little bit more concerned. In other words, if you're starting at, 60 to save towards 65 and you need to start drawing an income or living off of a portfolio because you stop working at 65 you've got to be a little bit more concerned about what your capital will be worth because you might need your capital so again we're talking really to the youth today and so one of the benefits we want to highlight or habits is if you really don't need your money don't put it in a money market if you need your money, put it in a money market. Money market means lending overnight or in the next month or two to somebody who gives you your money back in the relatively short period. 
and just earning very modest rates of returns, but consistently. Very little capital volatility or uncertainty about your return. If you're saving for your house or a holiday at the end of the year, mm. it's a very good idea to do that. If you're not going to touch the money, you want to put it away until you're 65, do not take such little risk. It's a bad idea. And again, here we assuming it's a unit trust type product. Yes. So it can be a general unit trust fund or a tax-free savings option on a unit trust fund um, or even a retirement annuity. But this assumes, as you mentioned earlier, it's a generally minimum investment of 500 rand a month or various lump sum options, whether it's 10,000 rand once off, 20,000, every uh, various funds are different. But someone who's saving less than that a month, they do have the option of, say, for example, saving in their bank account. If it's 200 rand a month, um, not enough to invest it in a unit trust, those people can wait until that amount has built up to be able to put a lump sum into a unit trust fund. That's right. So they're very innovative. Every single bank now will offer a savings or a money market or a higher mm -hmm. interest rate facility. And we're really talking unit trust because that's, that's our area of expertise. That's all that's we know. That's what we do. Exactly. But you could, as you say, if you have 200 around a month, you could save it in a high interest rate um type of account until you have a lump sum to put away. So even in our example of the coffee, nobody's going to allow you to put 30 rand a week into an investment product. It's just too expensive to administer. So you would need to have the discipline to put that 30 rand, 30 rand sorry, aside yourself and then build it up until you have sufficient amount of capital to put it into a unit trust or a another type of investment vehicle so that you can earn a return on it because so, it's not going to earn a much return exactly. if you've got it in cash no exactly bank account transactional bank accounts the stuff that we have most of our you know income paid into they are not return products they are transactional products so if you want to save so there's two reasons to move it out of that account one it's much harder to spend if it's not in your bank account mm -hmm. um, and two it means you've put it aside and you can earn a return on it. So there are a lot of, I mean, it's always time dependent. It depends on what the Reserve Bank is doing. But there are always interest rates available for making your money unavailable to yourself for some period of time. So banks will offer you a seven-day deposit or a 14-day deposit or a 60-day deposit rate that is much higher than what is available in your transactional bank account. And it means you lock your money up for that period of time. You can't touch it. That's another good discipline, tying up your money so you can't touch it. And so, again, there are ways of building up lump sums towards a unit trust investment. Um, but also my understanding is that there are people in this market, financial advisors, who can help investors make these type of decisions. Yes. Um, that is not our area of expertise. Yeah. We really just want to encourage the matching of time frame and the understanding of the importance of actually starting young and forming the habit mm -hmm. of because I mean we've had conversations before where people see their income as available to them today. And what is so important is to recognize that there are two people that need to live out of your income. It is you today and you when you can't earn an income. So when you're older than 65 or 70 years old, you no longer have your steady job and your paycheck, 
you need to live off of the income that you earned when you were 20, 21, 22 years old. And the only way to enable that is for you at 20, 21, 22 to put some of that away. Or 25, 26. <laughs> All the 30, way. 31, 32, you know. Exactly. The one thing that really has stuck with me that you've said in the past, and I'm going to mention it again here, and I love this quote of yours. It's an original Madalette Sessions quote. <laughs> so you've said, the money you spend now, you are borrowing from your future self. And that is quite scary. Yeah. Your future self can't replace it. Yes. And that's maybe for those extra things you want, you think you need, but you could actually be putting away so that one day when you aren't sitting income anymore, you have that money available to spend. Exactly. On living and luxuries. That's right. I mean, a fantastic outcome for us all would be have luxuries today and luxuries in the future. And the way in which we can maximize the probability of both of those is starting the savings habit early, investing in the right type of product. So you could be saving today at 5% or you could be saving today at 10%. If you can save today at 10%, you need to save less to achieve a high level of income in the future. If you're saving today at 5%, you need to save more to achieve a level of income in the future. So if you match appropriately and you have the habit, that is how you live a good life now and a good life then. Mm. But by cutting your cloth according to a size, I always forget how that saying goes, um, you also learn that you have an appropriate sense of luxury. You know, a decent home brew coffee is a luxury. Sure, you know, a sort of outside coffee is also a luxury. But maybe go walk in the forest with your friends or go walk on the promenade. Yeah. One doesn't always need to spend the money to have a good time. It's not, it's not in my opinion, I sort of like, I'm not a big spender myself, but it's not a reduced life. It's just a slightly different mm -hmm. set of choices that enables a richer life today and a richer life in yeah. all its senses tomorrow. Yeah, and I think it's it's sometimes hard for people to <laughs> see the flashiness of maybe other people and the things that they're enjoying. Um, so we stretch themselves to be able to enjoy those things too. But ultimately, you're not doing yourself any favours no. because you're just putting more stress on yourself and not being able to enjoy that one day in the future exactly also you it's not don't, sustainable it's not sustainable and also you don't know and this is so important during that you don't know where those people spending is coming from it could well be financed on credit cards that come with a 20 percent plus interest rate it's a very very expensive lifestyle when you're paying 20 percent interest mm. on your life and so it, it, again, I think Maybe it's a point. That's a conversation for another it's day. It's a conversation for another day. I think it's very important. I I do want to make this point that um, debt is really only beneficial in the long run if you use it to acquire assets. To borrow to go on holidays or you know for a cup of coffee on a credit card or your groceries on your credit card and don't pay it for a few months, it's very expensive. And it's better not to do that. Okay, but just I think to finish off quickly, we've stressed the importance of saving early. But if there's people listening to this podcast and thinking, oh dear, I'm not quite in my youth anymore, haven't started saving yet, start today. 
it's not too late. Um, exactly. It will take you a little bit longer to get there, but rather now than never. Exactly. As an asset manager, we don't offer advice ourselves, but if you are looking for advice, we are more than happy to put you in touch with the right people. You can contact us at investorrelations at dankercapital.com for that. Or if you just simply like to find out more about us and the funds we manage, then you can have a look at our website at dankercapital.com. Thanks, Madeleine. We'll chat again soon. <laughs> Thanks, Helen. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you found it interesting. If you would like to join us again, please subscribe for more investment insights. To find out more about our team and the funds we offer, please visit our website at denkercapital.com. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily represent those of Denker Capital. This podcast does not take the circumstances of a particular person or entity into account and is not advice in relation to an investment. Please do not rely on any information without appropriate advice from an independent financial advisor. The value of investments may go down as well as up, and past performance is not a guide to future performance. Denker Capital is an authorized financial services provider in South Africa.